Hi. Hi. Welcome to Why Are We Like This, a Heartstopper podcast. I'm Ashley, she, her. I'm Alyssa, she, they. And today we are here to talk about season one, episode one, meat. (laughs) So this episode was written by Alice Oseman, inspired by her original work, and was directed by Eros Lynn, which I didn't totally just have to look up on YouTube about (laughs) five minutes ago. Um, God, I love the Welsh. (laughs) And this is the episode, according to IMDb, where... Stuck in a secret relationship, shy Charlie starts to crush on Nick, the school's popular rugby star, and joins the team against his friend's advice. Fair assessment? (laughs) But there's so much more. Yes. Um, Should we start right off with just content warning? Yes. 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 So there will be discussions um, around sexual assault in this episode and we can put the timestamps of those discussions in the show notes so that you can mm-hmm. skip those parts. And there will also throughout be discussion of abusive relationships, abusive partnerships in general um, because Ben. Yes. And also discussions uh, around eating disorders yes. as well. Yes, that will come up. So <laughs> – we start right off with our baby, baby, baby queen. We do. I literally, it was like the the little opening opening to Want uh-huh. Me Comes On. And I'm just like, this is the perfect way to start the series. Truly. Like, it sets the tone. It sets, like, the sound of the mm-hmm. show. Like, very much so. It does a great job. And we see our boy Charlie. And it's he is truly happy. He's so, so happy. happy walking into school and it's like heartbreaking to think about one what's about to happen but two everything he's overcome in those hallways Mm -hmm. and like look how he's so happy and he's like doing doing great as of this exact moment (laughs) and then he gets a message on his phone which uh really quick can we discuss his lock screen? Yeah, we get the intro <laughs> to the gay panic. Gay panic. It's great. It's just pink with purple text. I love it. I love it so much. So we see that. Also, if there's like ever a um, like phrase to describe Charlie Spring, I feel like <laughs> gay panic. Gay baby. panic. Yes. <laughs> gay panic. Indeed. Um, so he has an Instagram DM, which really quick side note. Do- do the children really communicate exclusively through Instagram DMs or did Netflix have some kind of deal with Instagram? Because they exclusively communicate textually through Instagram. Yeah, but I feel like in the comics even, it's usually Instagram. Is it? Okay. Maybe it's a British thing. Maybe it's a British thing. Add it to the list. Georgie! Yeah. (laughs) Georgie, we're coming for you. (laughs) We will be having on a British friend who plays rugby uh, later to answer all of our questions. Uh, (laughs) Because we are, of course, Americans who just love (laughs) British television. Because who doesn't? (laughs) Um, But so he has an Instagram DM from Ben, and it says, can't wait to see you, kiss. The little... Which is so promising. Like in the, you know, just straight off the bat, knowing nothing, you're like, oh, he has a little boyfriend. This is going to be cute. Yes. But then if you're like me and you read the comics first, you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Charlie, no, my sweet boy. (laughs) Uh, 
So then we see him walking through the halls. How do you feel about the like editing with the wipes, including the like borders to make it look like comic panels? I personally love it. Okay. I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about it. I think that some of the framing of some of the shots in this sequence is really awkward. But later on, like when Tao and L are texting, I think mm-hmm. it's used really well. So it's context dependent for me whether I like it or not. And I know why they would want to do it right off the bat here, but some of it's a little bit clunky for me personally. Mm. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. It gives it character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, totally fair. I think, no, the really, there's just this one shot where it's like trying to show Charlie smiling, but the way that it's edited, we end up mostly just getting his hair. And that kind of pulled okay. me, it pulled me out of it for a <laughs> minute. And I was like, but Joe Locke's smile is just so cute and adorable. And I want that. And I love his hair, but like. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So then he goes into the library. Ben's not there. No one's there. And he looks so sad. Yeah. His face drops. My heart drops with it. Yes. Uh, It's not great. And he checks his phone and there's another message. Says it was from two minutes ago. Actually, can we meet up at break instead? And I have, this is one of the rants that I mentioned. Because it seems like, when because when you look at his phone, it says 822. Mm-hmm. And when he opens it and we see like the full like it messaging interface, it says that the first message was sent at 820 and that this one was two minutes ago. So basically this second message must have come through like right after Charlie put his phone back. In his pocket, yeah. And it's like, that's so telling immediately of like within 60 seconds, Ben went from I can't wait to see you to actually wait, I will, I can wait to see you. Yeah. And it's it's heartbreaking and it's so telling and it does a great job of kind of establishing this relationship as not the heart-stopping one that we are looking forward to. Yeah, right. And Charlie responds with like a smiley face, like, sure, smiley face, heart. And that also shows like he's trying his hardest like not to show his disappointment and to like remain – positive about the situation um which he does for too long if you ask me oh yeah Uh, we do also in this uh quick shot of him responding we get to see some of his frequently used emoji which of course i paused the thing uh and so the ones that i was able to make out were uh, the red heart which we see him use in this text uh the film strip which I have to imagine mm-hmm. he sends every time they schedule a movie night. Uh, yep. The sad puppy dog eyes face, uh, the sun, the like sleepy, tired face, and then just like uh-huh. various different smiles. And leaves. Leaves. Were there leaves? I might have missed the leaves. I missed the leaves. Yeah. The like brown leaves okay. are there too. I missed that one. But very, very accurate. Yeah. Super. <laughs> that is that they, is Charlie. They knew what they were doing. That is Charlie in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So then we get an announcement over the like PA system from Headmaster Barnes, who is voiced by Stephen Fry, which I love. Um, the captions, I don't know if this is just in the US, but the captions in American Netflix call him the principal. And I know that that's not a thing. <laughs> 
in England. So I was like, excuse me, subtitles, you are wrong. It has to just be the American subtitles because they also on Young Royals, the they'll say headmaster, but the subtitles always say principal. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's credited on IMDb as Headmaster Barnes. So that's what we're going to go with. Or I'm just going to call him Principal Stephen Fry. Principal Stephen Fry. (laughs) Um, Which I wish Stephen Fry were my principal. Um. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be me with I'm like I wish Olivia Coleman was my mother yes that too <laughs> um I mean I love my mother but if Olivia Coleman could yes. also be my mother yeah second mom yes um but so Stephen Fry makes an announcement welcoming the students back from their break right we're right back at the um start of the new calendar year right, mid-school year, and reminds everyone that their form groups, which I assume are similar to homeroom in the U.S., just kind of based on everything that happens, yeah, are going to be mixed amongst all of the different school years now. So you're going to have students from, you know, every single year in your form group now, which I guess before they were, you know, grade specific and now they're not. Yeah. The way that it's announced really makes it sound like it's a new thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that like when Charlie comes in, goes into the room, it's kind of set up as this is a new and different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But again, we're going to have to ask for clarification on (laughs) that. Uh, But Charlie (laughs) has very helpfully written on the back of his hand, new form group B25, uh, which is also very telling the fact that it's on the back of his hand. Right. And the placement of it as well. Yes. Yes. Um, But also different because in the comics, he just like has a letter that I assume they sent home. Yeah. Um, Right. But I much prefer chicken scratch on the back of your hand. Yeah. Well, that's also just like more accurate for a teenager. Like that paper is going to get lost for sure. That paper (laughs) is taped up to the fridge because – Charlie's parents wanted to make sure that they knew yeah. all of this information. That's on the fridge. That's not yeah. <laughs> That's not going in Charlie's hands ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he walks in and he gets uh, greeted by this teacher. Mr. Lang. <laughs> who I personally love. I'm like, yes, he's so apathetic. Like, he does not give a fuck. He gives- he's like, whatever. Here's your seat. <laughs> Zero fucks. Um, Yeah, the note that I have about this is, um, so the quote is, I'm sure you'll get along swimmingly or you can sit in silence for the rest of the year. It really doesn't affect me in any way whatsoever. (laughs) Um, And I wrote, this both speaks to me deeply as a teacher and is also completely unrelatable. (laughs) Because so many of the things that my kids do, I'm just like, yep, it does not affect my life in any way whatsoever. Seating arrangements, however, very much do affect your life whatsoever. I will say I teach students of a different socioeconomic background than the students in Heartstopper. Also, they are real students. They are also <laughs> preteens. Um, so the context is a little different. But if I like whoever I put my kids next to, one of two things happens. And neither of those things are 
sitting in silence for the rest of the year. Right. <laughs> either, either they're already friends with that person and I didn't know and they talk nonstop or they become friends and then they start talking nonstop or they hate each other and complain to me every single day until I move their seat. <laughs> so that is the reality of the situation, but I aspire to this level of zero fucks given. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we should rewind a bit because – Before we discover that Mr. Lang gives zero fucks, he tells Charlie that he's going to be sitting next to Nicholas Nelson. (laughs) And and we get like a shot of his like shoulder. We don't see his face or anything. There's conveniently someone standing in the way. Um, And then we learn that Nick is in year 11, which is one year older than Charlie, and that he is one of the rugby boys. And this is what we learn about Nick before we see him. Yes. And then finally, after the teacher has really let Charlie know that he does not care, uh, Charlie gives us a very angsty eye roll and a little sigh. (laughs) Which is accurate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I feel like not enough people talk about Joe Locke's face acting (sighs) talent. Because we see all of it wash over him in this moment where he turns and sees Nick and the sunlight comes through and we get our little rainbow glare on the screen. I literally wrote, there's a lens flare that radiates radiates out from Nick like he's the sun, which given that he's a sweet golden retriever boy is absolutely perfect because that's Mm -hmm. the other thing. He is a golden retriever boy. Yeah. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. Also, there are two desks and four seats. And then, and then we never see that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, yes. This classroom changes its layout shortly after a this. lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we get those iconic heartstop reliefs that blow around Charlie's head. Yeah, my note says they say hi to each other, sparks, fireworks, and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, on the window behind them, there are like these geodes. Oh, I missed that. I really like those i don't know if that's like supposed to be a science class or something yeah. when it's not it's formed. a gorgeous I, school yes it's way nicer no- than any school i've ever been in yes ever and i was a high school athlete so i went to a lot of schools i have never no school i ever went to was that colorful no <laughs> no they're all usually and sad it. and beige and white mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I noted that when they say hi to each other, uh, the way that Nick looks at Charlie, it's very clear, at least to us watching, that there is some kind of non-platonic interest there, even if Nick doesn't realize it yet, which I think is really great on Kit Connor's part. Just this way of like this quick flash of like, oh, hello. But like, yeah, it's very subtle. It's very subtle, but you can tell it's like, oh, there's something Nick doesn't know it yet, but there's something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then there's more leaves, and then we get the title card. Yes. I love the way they do the title card. Yeah. How it's, like, different for every episode and, like, just perfect every time. And it's, like, it captures the vibes of the comics really well. It does, yeah. Which is, like, also we should say, like, having Alice involved in the – creation and writing and everything that they're doing with the show is like such mm, chef's kiss like perfect it would not be the same show without oh no their involvement so after the opening titles Mm -hmm. we get charlie walking into the music room which again is a very nice music room. Yeah, super colorful. Yeah. This is where my notes were on. No school I ever went to was this colorful. 
Um, and then we get Ben. Ben apologizes for for canceling on Charlie in the morning. And kind of this is our first look at Ben. And right off the bat, he seems very cool. He's got the like swoopy cool guy hair, and he's leaning against the wall, which cool guys lean. I don't know where I learned that, but culturally, we all just know (laughs) that cool guys lean. And I'm thinking, I'm right now thinking of that interview that Matt Smith did for House of the Dragon, where he's like, Damon's a leaner. He likes to lean on things. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like now replacing Matt Smith with Sebastian Croft talking about Ben. (laughs) And that is- He likes to lean on things. He likes to lean on things. Um- and he says, I missed your face so much, and I almost believe it. Yeah. It's like, he's doing the classic thing, right? Yeah. Where he's like, oh, I fucked up, so let me just, like, shower you mm-hmm. with compliments and affection, and you'll forget about my fuck up. Yeah. Um, and then he immediately ruins it, because they kind of, like, have this quick little chat, how was your Christmas? And as soon as Charlie starts talking about him, his Christmas, then kisses him to cut him off. And my notes say, but in a shitty way, not in a cute way. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's definitely yeah, a cute way to do that. And it's not yeah. this. And like, you ask the question, you're not even going to let him finish yeah. answering it. And it's because you don't give a fuck. Like, this is just showing us straight out the gate that he does not care about anything that Charlie has to say. This is the first He's time there. that I wrote, fuck you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> he is there for one thing and one thing only. Mm-hmm. So then, like, they're kissing, and the bell rings, and Ben just leaves. <sighs> he wipes his mouth. Oh, God, yeah, it's awful. He wipes his mouth, is like, see you later, still don't tell anyone about this, and leaves before Charlie can say anything. And then we get that adorable little wave. <laughs> just bye. <laughs> Through the window. Bye. He's so sad and confused and deflated. This is not how we like to see our chart. Yeah. It's like immediately just like thinking back to those first moments where he's so happy. It's And that's gone. Gone. Yep. So then we get our first montage, or second montage, really, of the episode, which is just Nick and Charlie encountering each other at various places on the school grounds saying hi to each other and i love that one of them the first one is just they're both trying to walk through the same door at the same time and it is not a wide enough opening for two humans and so they're just like shoulder to shoulder and they just go hi hi and like (laughs) the angles at which they come at each other there's no way that they didn't Like, at least Charlie, because Nick was looking at his phone. Yeah, Nick was texting. Charlie was just looking down. Mm -hmm. Like, you would have seen motion. It's just like, but of course, like, they would have, both of them would have let it happen, even if they did see it. Like, oh, Oh, yeah. I also did note here, don't text and walk, friends. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're trying to bump into your crush in a doorway. (laughs) But, like, also, that sounds really uncomfortable. Like, my shoulder hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they hit hard. Yeah. But also, okay, so I wrote it down. There's one, two, three. There's four highs before they start the the maths chat. Yes. And every single one of them, Nick said <gasps> hi first. I didn't even note that. I just wrote down which ones they work. Since they bump into each other in the door, they see each other in the hallway, they sit down in form together, and then Nick is like working on his math homework in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And every single time, Nick 
is the one that spots Charlie and says, well, I'm sure Charlie was looking at him, but you know, he looks up and says, oh, hi, every time. Which I feel like also tells us a lot about Charlie's personality of like, oh, like there's no way that Nick is noticed, like notices me outside of when we're sitting right next to each other. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, like that like angsty teen thing of like, of course my crush doesn't even know who I am, even though we sit next together in class, like sit next next together, sit next to each other in class. (laughs) Yeah, so also, like, there's a bunch of people out there that talk about, like, how much harder Charlie fell for Nick than Nick fell for Charlie. And I'm like, mm, episode one, one and Nick is saying hi to him every fucking chance he can get. Like, the boy is fallen already. Yeah. It's just that he doesn't know it yet. Yeah. In, in the words of Baby Queen, he wants him, <laughs> and he just don't know it yet. <laughs> Listen, that just came to me. Like, I literally just, like, we're talking about this, and that song has been stuck in my head all day. And I was like, wait a minute. It's perfect. That is is a perfect Um, song for it. But, yeah. And so then Charlie asks if Nick is, in fact, doing his math homework on his way to class and says that that is chaotic, which, as a teacher, (laughs) I disagree. The truly chaotic thing would be frantically trying to complete said homework as the teacher is walking around trying to collect it up till the moment that the teacher literally slides it out from under your pencil as you are still trying to write, leaving just like a long line of shame down your paper. (laughs) Well, to be fair, we didn't see how far he got. Maybe that was the case when he got to class because he took a break to flirt with Charlie. Yes. Um, and Nick thinks that Charlie describing him as chaotic makes him way cooler than cooler than cooler than he really is, which is fair because Nick is secretly a dork. True. And Charlie offers to do the homework for Nick because he's a math genius. But Nick has drastically more integrity than any student <laughs> I've ever encountered, both in my careers as a high schooler and as a teacher. And says that if Charlie does it for him, he won't learn. Which I also have a lot of opinions on just because, like, I don't necessarily think that homework helps you learn. But that's a different diatribe for a different day. Um, um, I related to Charlie in this moment <laughs> because I did a lot of people's homework. <laughs> I did In hopes too. that they would like me. <laughs> oh, I did too. Um, including my current partler- partner who I met in college mm. and literally we had study group together and I would just be like, I did, I did this for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, you know, when I did have classes with my friends, I would do the homework and then we would do it because I swam competitively in high school. So like I would do the work and I would like answer it and I'd be like, yeah, guys, it's whatever. <laughs> or right. I remember this one time that we had a group essay, which teachers never assign a group essay. That's fucking annoying. Um, This was in 12th grade English. We had a group essay and everyone wrote their parts, but half of those people didn't understand basic conventions of like English grammar. So I then rewrote the entire thing at 11 o'clock at night the day before it was due. Mm. Yeah. We got an A. The teacher knew knew that I did it. He was like, why would you do that? And I'm like, because I wanted it to be good because my name was on it. Yeah. yeah. Because I was the best writer at my school. Yeah. Also, after I graduated high school, I did 
I worked at a gas station. Mm-hmm. And so teenagers came in a lot. So I had a side business of writing papers. <laughs> so they're arguing about uh, this math homework. And I'm sorry, maths homework. No, we're going to call it math homework. Like the <laughs> Americans that we are. There will also be no U's in our colors or our favorites. <laughs> Um, and Charlie makes some moves, being all flirty yeah. and physical and trying to get the paper. And Nick is fighting him back. And my note is in all caps. And it just says, these boys are flirting with a capital F out here in the in the corridor. Truly, the only people that have no idea what's happening is them and Tao. <laughs> oh, Tao. <laughs> My note just says minor flirting. Minor in in quotes. Um, And then amidst all of this uh, wrestling, um, (laughs) Nick accidentally draws on Charlie's hand and fixes it by adding eyes to turn it into a smiley face. And then Ben comes and fucks it up. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like... uh also very telling of like Nick and Charlie's relationship like Charlie being like how dare you and Nick being like I can fix it I can make it better (laughs) yeah as opposed to what happens immediately after where they see Ben and Charlie just kind of like instinctively says hey and it's like it's so well delivered because like you see all of just like this hope in the line delivery from Joe and Ben is such a fucking ass about it. Yep. And he's yep. like, why would you talk to me? I literally don't even know who you are. <laughs> and Nick is so confused. So confused. <laughs> Cause then Ben, because they know each other is like, all right, mate. And mm-hmm. you know, Charlie asks like, Oh, you know him. And Nick looks so embarrassed to admit that he sometimes hangs out with Ben. Yep. Rightfully so. Yeah. But as he should. Yeah. And also like very Nick Nelson of him, he does not ask yeah. anything about it. He just continues walking and doing his homework because that's like something that Nick is really good at is not pressuring anyone to tell him anything yes. that they don't want to Which tell him. Like is especially important at the end of the episode, which I yes. don't want to talk about yet, so we're not going to. Correct. <laughs> um but Charlie like then walks away and he looks so sad and so confused and like he's genuinely wondering how someone so nice could hang out with someone like Ben. Like it's all over Joe's face. Charlie's face. Mm-hmm. Joe it, Charlie. The, the and he's like folding in on himself yes. too physically. Like his body language is mm-hmm. like crumbling. It's very, very telling. And my heart shatters into a million pieces. Yeah. Alternate title for this particular episode, Heart Breaking. <laughs> yes and then we go to the schoolyard yeah our lovely super colorful picnic tables yeah um and tao bought an extra juice for l again adorable so cute he's so mad at himself yeah and they say and the day before and monday so that tells us it's wednesday Mm -hmm. and it's the first week back and he has bought the juice every day also letting us know straight out the gate that he's in love with l yes (laughs) And he doesn't know it yet, but he is. (laughs) Everyone knows that Tao and L are in love, except for Tao and L. Um, But we we learned that L hasn't been at Truem all week, and Tao misses her 
greatly, even though it's a good thing that she's no longer there because Elle is Charlie and Tao and Isaac's trans friend who used to go go to Truem, but it was a very not good space for her. And now she is at the all-girls school, Hicks. And this dialogue is such a, like, graceful and beautiful way to introduce us to Elle. Yes. Like, so normalizing. There's nothing, like, it's not putting a spotlight on her Mm -hmm. or, like, pointing it out. Like, hey, it's, like, just so, like, this is our friend. She's not here right now. Yeah. We miss her. And then they move on. Mm -hmm. And Tao, but Tao is being a whiny little baby because he misses uh, L, which like fair, but he says something that I literally every time I'm like, Tao, what? He says four is a group, three is just a trio. <laughs> what is the difference? And also, clearly, you've never watched like any iconic media because like there's always the iconic trio. Yeah, like yeah. dude, stop shitting on trios. Trios are great. Also, I mean, this group expands to be way more than three. But yeah, I literally wrote, what? You're just sad your girlfriend isn't with you at school every day. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, though. He does bring that back up. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, he says later, he's like, we're just a group, a trio. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also very telling of Tao. Yeah. It lets us know how passionate of a person he is. He's a very passionate person. He's not like other other girls. (laughs) Which I wrote down about him later. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then Charlie looks up and sees Nick mm-hmm. playing, uh, playing rugby with some of his friends. This is where we get the uh, realization that they all know him as Rugby King Nick yes, Nelson. Rugby King Nick Nelson, um, uh, who looks like a golden retriever. Um, which... To be fair, Kit Connor does kind of look like Kit Connor. Like Kit Connor is also Golden Retriever. Energy. Yes. Um, the other song that I've recently had stuck in my head as I'm rewatching this is Midnight Rain by Taylor Swift. Yeah. Because Nick is in fact Sunshine and Charlie is in fact Midnight Rain. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also noted that this is the only time that Tao is ever right about Nick in the first half of the season. Right in what way? Like, it is the, the only accurate or? assessment that Tao makes of Nick Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything okay, else yeah. he says is just these, like, really judgmental things that I don't think are necessarily fair. Yeah. Um. Even the way that he talks about Nick being a rugby lad. Yeah. Th- yeah, this is the only time that Nick that Tao is correct in his assessments of Nick, is that yeah, he looks he like goes a golden pretty- retriever. He goes pretty hard with the assessment. Yes, he does <laughs> too. So, <laughs> as we will discover in subsequent episodes, and then Tao wonders what they talk about, what Nick and Charlie talk about, and we get the flashback to the iconic scene from the comics where Nick's pen exploded all over his hand, and Charlie goes to help him try and clean it off. And even though the uh, hand washing doesn't work out. Flirting ensues. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're talking about how Nick can make blue hands the new school fashion and pretend like Which as someone gloves. with blue hair that has to use blue conditioner and often has blue hands, I'm like, yeah, make it a thing. Mm-hmm. Let's make it – let's normalize it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do also want to wonder – briefly about these pens that Nick uses like what pens is he using that number one exploded and created this much ink carnage 
But also when we like come to the next day in a few minutes and we see that Charlie still has the smiley face still, it doesn't even look faded. I'm like, what are these pens? Like, is he using flare pens? Like the only pens that I've ever used that like do not fade after you like wash your hands and stuff like that are Penmate flare pens. Well, to be fair, as a teen who would have things that they did not want to wash off, washing your hands very carefully and not getting that <laughs> wet That's is an art form that I feel that Charlie probably has mastered. That's fair. <laughs> but also I think it's they're called fountain pens, right? Okay. Maybe. And um, I've personally never used them, but I have seen them. Mm. Yeah, I've seen them too. I've never used them. I'll believe that they're super inky. I'm just like, what is this very long lasting ink? <laughs> and it's like everywhere. It's yeah. all over his shirt. Like, was he writing up here? I know. I'm and just like, what like how- has happened to you? <laughs> you are not that much of a disaster bisexual. <laughs> I would know. I am that much of a disaster bisexual. <laughs> oh, man. But it doesn't matter because we get giggles out of it. Yes, that's true. It's just, it's just good times um and then we come we go back to the schoolyard and I, I have to say I have a lot of biases against Tao both in the series and in the <laughs> comics I have a lot of strong opinions about Tao because he reminds me of someone that I was friends with who I am no longer friends with and I'm gonna leave it there um but at least at this point I definitely see where Tao is coming from and why he feels so protective of Charlie because Charlie yeah. says but like Nick he's different. He's nice. And I can't help but roll my eyes. Even though I know that Nick is in fact different and nice, I can't help but roll my eyes because like my own protective friend, like mama bear instincts just like mm-hmm. are going off because if someone in real life, like one of my real friends said that to me, I would probably respond very similarly as Tao yeah. does in this moment. I'm glad you brought it up because my next note just says, I know that we have differing Tao opinions. <laughs> <laughs> just because I feel like I relate to him a lot as someone who is protective. And in high school, I did not know how to effectively mm-hmm. emote that. Yeah. Um, and it's super easy to cross that line between protective and like controlling. Yeah. Um, and that's just like a skill that with, time you have to learn how to remain protective of your friends because it's okay to be protective yeah but you also have to be supportive and not controlling of them and so I feel like that's a line he hasn't Mm -hmm. quite learned how to walk yet at this point yeah and I definitely have space for that which is why I always say that I have a lot of personal biases against him (laughs) because of my own experiences with people like that in high school and yeah like, I, I mean, I've been Tao and I've been Charlie and mm-hmm. like, but yeah, I just, I see a lot of not good things happening that I have to, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, can we talk about Joe's line delivery of, but Nick. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, so good. Like, so good. I'm like, at least Charlie's starting to realize what's going on here. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. He yeah. knows. The way he, like, nervously, like, comes in on himself when he says, but, like, Nick, yeah, he's nice. It's like, mm, you don't just do – you don't make those uh, motions when you're talking about a, a friend. friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to briefly acknowledge Isaac's, ex- Isaac's existence. Yes. Uh, because he's here. He doesn't really say anything. Um, and this becomes, like, a running theme of Isaac just kind of hanging around, reading a book. Um, I looked it up. I found an article that breaks down every single book that he reads in the series because I couldn't get a clear shot of what it was. And it's Dune Messiah by Frank Herbert, which is like the 17th book in the Dune series. Um, and in the article that I found, it actually has a, um, an interview with Patrick Walters, who's one of the executive producers. Yeah who said um, Alice picked out all of the books and once said, and this is a quote, um, it's always going to be very, very funny if Isaac's reading super chunky books that are like book 17 in a series of a huge multi-book sequence. And then the next day, he's onto something completely different. Like, wouldn't that be really funny and iconic? Yeah. (laughs) And obviously it is because everyone's always like, what book was that? What book does he have in his hand? (laughs) And Isaac is one of my favorites, so. Yes. We love Isaac. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, do that. Also noteworthy is that Isaac is not in the comics. This is a new character who replaces – how do we say Alad? Alad. Alad. Who replaces Alad, who kind of takes a similar role in the comics, um, but we get Isaac here. Yeah, they are really, really similar. Mm -hmm. I don't know – why they chose to keep to to switch it up but i'm happy about it because yes. i love isaac i love isaac i love toby donovan yes it's great um and i i love the fact that seeing charlie like staring wistfully off and pining over nick makes tau think of <laughs> hell <Yeah. laughs> And, so, and when he opens their messages, did you see all those exits? Oh, yeah. I So in a little bit, we're going to talk about the fact that during a different text conversation, I did, in fact, pause and count punctuation marks. I did not think to pause and count all of the exes, but there were a lot of kisses there, guys. Yeah. It was like at least eight. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> lots of kisses. Um, So he goes to text L the news of Charlie's new crush on a rugby lad which of course is scandalous and i think this is a great way of transitioning from truem over to higgs and it's one of the best uses of the kind of like comic book panel editing um i think it works really well here to kind of set up you know tau and l in their different schools eating lunch Mm -hmm. talking to each other about what's going on with nick and Charlie. Yes. yes. And we see Higgs, another very colorful school. Yes. I'm um, jealous. <laughs> yeah. And L claims that it's a lot better at Higgs and that no one's chucked a sandwich across the cafeteria all week. <laughs> Which, you know, the bar is low. <laughs> yeah. The bar is on the floor. Um, no transphobia. No one chucking a sandwich. Right. <laughs> Um, uh, and she has her apple juice. She has her apple juice, which, of course. And Tao asks if she's made any new friends, and we can see that she's sitting by herself 
And like, there's no one at her table. And she's like looking around and she says that she has made friends and that everyone's been really nice. Yeah. Sweet girl. And my heart breaks. It's so hard. Um, like dealing with being the new girl and like trying to make friends, especially coming from the environment in which she is coming from yeah. and the fear she's probably carrying around. Mm-hmm. And like thinking about kind of how everything happens with Darcy and Tara later on when they come out, I have to imagine that it's not the most accepting environment for for, right. for her either. Um, mm-hmm. And that we just don't see a lot of it. Um which That's I think point. makes what happens next, like, it pisses me off even more because then uh, Miss Greenwood, who is the teacher, who is Elle's teacher at Higgs, comes up and takes Elle's phone and says um, that they don't make exceptions even for new students. And I just – I'm like, okay, but you you could. You could just not. Yeah. Like, no one's going to stop you. Yeah, and also, do we ever hear of this rule ever again? Because yeah. they have their phones out in the cafeteria a lot later on, and yeah. no one ever says a word to them. It, it pisses me off so much. And officially, if I were to ever see a student with their phone, I would confiscate it and turn it into the guidance counselor, who would then contact officially <laughs> uh, their parents to come and pick it up at the end of the day. However, like, number one, what child is giving their phone over that easily? And number two, like, you know the situation, especially because is it not the next episode where this same teacher is like, I know you're having a difficult time. Yeah, like, you, you try to make friends. You yeah. know what's happening. And like, you're gonna take her phone. Like, you made you made a choice and I like you less because of it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Mine's all caps. I'm like, the stupid phone rule <laughs> that we never hear of ever again. Yeah. Rude, rude, rude. Because when Dar- when when Tara when Tara posts the picture of her and Darcy, they're like on their phones in the in the cafeteria, like deleting yeah. Instagram comments. <sighs> and there's the scene where they're like t- uh got tongue tied before I even started. Um there's the scene where Tara's on her phone and Elle's on her phone and Darcy's like, well, this is a great, a great <laughs> chat we're having here, guys. Yeah. Like, and it's like they're constantly on their phones after this. Yeah. This makes no sense. And I get like if it were an in class type of situation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's but this cafeteria. <laughs> <sighs> so the next morning, Charlie arrives wearing all black Converse, like the Converse model that he is. Um, (laughs) And he gets a text from Ben to meet him in the library. And so then we go to the library and Ben is a shithead again. (laughs) Yep. And again, he starts off by immediately apologizing and trying to uh, throw compliments. Yeah. And so here's the other thing too, because he apologizes for ignoring Charlie which feels like an understatement because ignoring someone is one thing. Like literally saying, I don't even know you is a whole yeah. nother level of mean that Ben is undercutting by saying that he was ignoring Charlie. Yeah, it's not ignoring if you're responding to them. Yeah. Ignoring would have been walking past him and not saying anything. Yeah. 
And Charlie looks super uncomfortable and super upset throughout this entire conversation. And he's very much realizing that this is not something that he wants. Right. And this scene is like really hard to watch because you can see Charlie is his body language is like he's turned off. He's not engaging. Mm -hmm. And Ben leans in and kisses him and he does nothing. Mm -hmm. And instead of questioning that and searching for that consent he just continues until charlie gives in basically and it's terrifying and horrible and i hate it i hate it i hate it so much hate so then we go to the very colorful art room first though we do see we get a shot of his uh smiley face oh yes and that he has not washed it off. That is, yeah, that is where I I, I I accidentally skipped over that note where I'm like, what is this pen that does not fade? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so he like looks down at the smiley face and he, you know, he's realizing. Which tells us, yeah. That's what he like, wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows. And then we go to the very colorful art room. Let me get a shot of Charlie not eating his lunch. Not eating his lunch. Mm-hmm. I love Mr. Ajay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What a gem. What a gem. He is both everything I wish I had in a teacher in high school and everything I aspire to be now. Yeah. He's amazing. amazing. Um, he's grading some heart stopper leaves. <laughs> I missed that, but I knew if he was you grading look at something. The notebook, yeah, it's like some drawings of leaves. Mm-hmm. And he's got on his pride pen, mm-hmm. letting us know straight out the gate. Um And then we get some backstory through him. Yeah. So we find out that it's been a while since Charlie's hidden in the art room at lunch. And that tells us that Charlie used to spend a lot of time in the art room when he was first outed and being bullied last year. Um, And so Mr. Ajay, being the incredible teacher that he is, makes sure that Charlie is okay, that he's not being bullied. Um... And I can't remember what it was that he said, but it reminded me of something that I say sometimes is like, do I need to have a strongly worded conversation with someone? <laughs> um, right. But um, so Charlie tells Mr. Ajay that he has a boyfriend, kind of. And it's really clear that Charlie is struggling to name what is happening, but doesn't know how. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm just like it's the the amount of notes I have of like Joe's line delivery yes. <laughs> of the like not it's like yeah ah, it's so mm-hmm. perfect he nailed it because it's, it's like not really my boyfriend it's kind of complicated yeah. how do I word this like mm-hmm. um, but we'd also learned from that little chat that Mr. Ajayi had a hand in stopping the bullying yes. yes. And that he has created this very safe space for Charlie to come and get support. Yes. Which um, is which is important moving forward. And it's, I mean, just as a side note, that's so important for kids everywhere to have a space like that where they can just like know that this is a room where I can be myself and feel safe. Um, yeah. Which is one of the reasons that we love Mr. Ajay. Um, <laughs> but so Charlie explains that Ben ignores him in public, but then is fine when it's just the two of them which i don't personally think is an accurate assessment of the situation yeah but Char- not from what we see but charlie's also 14 years old and probably doesn't have the language to describe what's going on um True. which i feel like is often difficult to remember um but it's like because 
I mean, the actors are younger than most actors playing high schoolers, but they are still, they do look older than they are supposed right. to be because Charlie's supposed to be 14. And mm-hmm. there's no 14 year old who is going to be able to be like, I'm being emotionally abused by my right. maybe boyfriend. Yeah. And <sighs> I think Mr. Ajay does a really good job of handling it. He he gives advice um, of just kind of like, have you talked to your boyfriend about how you feel? And <laughs> it's great because Charlie just is like, no. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Ajay is like, have you – Maybe, maybe you should. And Charlie just like rolls his eyes and like folds over. And it's so accurate because I've I've had this happen before, like with my siblings, with my students, where it's like you tell someone something like the next step seems obvious. And you're like, so have you done this thing? And it's either because it had either hadn't occurred to them or because they don't want to. And I think in this instance, it's clear that Charlie doesn't really want to. Like, he knows yeah. he should, but he doesn't want to, which I think is fair, given everything that we've seen. And we know Ben's not going to take him seriously. Mr. Ajayi doesn't know that, um, but Charlie does. And just the response from Charlie is just so accurate of like, ugh, I don't want <laughs> I know and I also- have to, but I don't want to. <laughs> and also just like uh, speaking as someone who suffers tremendously from anxiety. Yes. Like the idea of having to confront someone about the way that they are making me feel or that I am feeling about a situation is like completely overwhelming. Yes. And so especially to be 14 Mm -hmm. and dealing with it, like it's scary and it's so hard. So, you know, it makes sense that he's like putting it off. It does. And I don't fault Charlie at all. I I love the way that he responds. Like the the body language, everything about it is – it's so accurate. Um, and then Mr. Jai asks if Charlie wants to break up with Ben. And he doesn't know. And <laughs> Mr. Jai asks, because we know that Charlie has a support system. He has Elle and Isaac and and Tao. And, you know, so Mr. Jai asks, like, have you talked to your friends about this? And Charlie insists that they wouldn't get it because they're not gay. And Mr. Jai <laughs> is so done with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> They've had this conversation before. <laughs> yeah, the look that he gets on his face and he's just like, we're doing this again. Oh my yeah. <laughs> Which we know the real reason is because they don't know about this. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just a perfect moment. Mr. Ajay is perfect. And I love yeah, I love that he's he's not gonna sugarcoat our baby. Like, he's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's not going to baby Charlie in any way. He's going to give him, like, open and honest, straightforward answers and advice. Mm-hmm. Because you just, like, especially someone who's been through the trauma he's been yeah. in, you don't want to, like, give them any sort of, like, I don't know. I don't want to say false hope because that's not what I'm trying to say. But, like, you don't want to lead them in any uncertain direction. Yeah, exactly. You want to be, like, this is the way forward go yeah you have to you have to deal with your emotions and you're gonna have to have these conversations good luck yes (laughs) um and that's exactly how it goes all the time when you're actually dealing with kids um so we go to the school gate at the end of the day and charlie sees nick tossing you know a rugby ball he's like playing catch 
And yeah, you know why he sees him though? Because we hear Harry say, Oi, Nick! <laughs> I missed that. Um, <laughs> I laugh every time because it's so like, uh, like very typical jock like yes. the way that he yells it just like oi nick like and then and then when you when it cuts over like he's not even anywhere near nick he's like directly behind ben yeah and nick like tossed so like who knows what he was trying to say to who him the hell <laughs> but then we also see charlie also sees ben kissing a girl at like his face goes from like so happy because he loves Nick and doesn't want to admit it yet. Um, to like heartbroken in a yeah. matter of nanoseconds and panicked. Panic doesn't know what yes. to do, and he runs away. Mm-hmm. Right because away Charlie something. is a flighter. He's not ever a fighter. Yeah. He's on flight every time, yes. <laughs> which is better than being a freezer. I'm a freezer. True. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. It definitely depends. If it's a physical altercation, I, I will punch instinctively on, like, without even thinking. Yeah. But if it's a, uh, like, conversation, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, gotta go. Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we see Charlie laying in bed trying to text Ben. And he writes, do you have a girlfriend? And deletes it. And then he writes, I hate you, in all caps, with 13 exclamation points. I, this is the point where I started pausing and counting. There are 13 exclamation points, which I personally think means picture to burn Taylor's version is next confirmed. <laughs> I, I knew that this was going to lead to Taylor. So as soon as you said there was 13. I'm not joking. Though. Like I'm not joking. Though. There are 13. And it says insert possible Taylor Swift joke here. That was my notes. And I've been flipping back and forth between just going with what I actually think is next, which is speak speak now and yeah. sit and like picture to burn just feels correct in this moment yes um yes absolutely <laughs> but so then he also deletes that and finally writes i don't want to meet up anymore and hits send and ben freaks out yes he responds with again i counted 11 question marks <laughs> <laughs> um and charlie just says sorry which he shouldn't because Ben is right. the one who should be sorry. And he says, for fuck's sakes, we aren't going to get caught. And it's like, you're the, that's projection because yes. you're the only one that is concerned about getting caught. Yes. I also have a lot of feelings about the choice of the word caught. Yeah. It's very telling about the place that Ben is at in his own journey where it's very yeah. clear that like for Ben, he's still grappling with the fact that he thinks that being gay is a bad thing because you only yeah. get caught doing bad things. It's true. That's a very good point. Yes. And um, yeah, it's just very telling that that's what he feels about it. And then also, again, just like the gaslighting of telling Charlie he's the one who's worried about getting caught when that's not the case. Yeah. Um, which we see again a couple of times. And we also see him once again asking questions and not giving Charlie even a second to respond. Yeah, because Charlie's like literally like, going to type something and then ben says don't ignore me charlie hello mm-hmm. and it's all like very unsettling it's just like uh i've been there and i don't like it yeah and so he turns his uh phone off and rolls over and goes to bed as he should yes that's the best thing to do and then we get to the morning and charlie not eating his cereal not eating 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we meet Tori fucking Spring, everyone. Big sister yes. icon. Sister. Yes. <laughs> also, this is a perfect introduction to her. Perfect. With her sneaking in, scaring the shit out yes. of him. She's got her diet lemonade. She's a slurping on. Mm-hmm. And she gives that little smirk at the end. Yeah. She's like, why is your face like that? Which is, in fact, older sister speak for what's wrong. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we get arguably one of my favorite exchanges in the episode. Um, yes. Charlie says that he broke up with his boyfriend. And Tori says, was he a knob? Charlie says, yes. <laughs> Tori says, well done then. Jenny Welzer just nails it in that moment. Yeah. I'm like, that, yeah, that's, that is Tori Spring. Like, that is Tori Spring in a nutshell. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just nails it and it's perfect. And then we get on the bus and we get more Tori. There's not enough Tori in this episode, but what we get is- There's not enough Tori in this series. Yes, which is why we're going to read Solitaire. <laughs> yes. Um, but then on the bus, she's asking Charlie about his hypothetical dream guy. Charlie does not understand the assignment. <laughs> no, he does not. He does not understand what dream guy means. Um, no. Because he says, someone I can have a laugh with who's nice and kind- and likes being with me, I'd probably just settle for someone tall. Which also just goes to show, like, that he has, like, basically no standards. No, he doesn't. He's like, I, he just wants to be loved. I know. I'm like, and he doesn't understand that he deserves much more than yes. what he's getting. And it's not even like, I'm like, the correct answer is like, I don't know, Chris Evans. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, yeah. You name someone famous who you would totally go out with if given the opportunity and that did make me wonder i'm like i wonder what celebrity what charlie's uh celebrity crushes would be um (laughs) i only know what his fanfic celebrity crushes are (laughs) um but also we should note that while he's describing his hypothetical dream guy um he wipes condensation off the bus window and who does he look at but nick Nick nelson Nelson. Also, going back to his list, mm-hmm. we do see Nick and Charlie. Nick makes Charlie laugh. Yes. He is nice. He is kind. And in episode six, I think, he says, I just like being with you. He gets every single one of those things that he his, – his very low bar has been met. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, Nick exceeds it. He passes that bar with flying colors. For sure. But Also, I just love, like, how invested Charlie is. I mean, no how invested Tori is in Charlie's like life and his love interests because I am one of three kids in my household and my siblings could never, they would not care, especially at that age. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I was the older sibling who didn't really take an interest because I was too busy thinking that I was like, the you know outcast of my family and no one really understands me <laughs> and you know because <laughs> yeah. i was that because teenage. <laughs> yes because teenagers but yeah i was that kid um i was just like the tortured soul who no one yeah. understands even my own family um I was, i'm the middle kid so i was just kind of all over the place <laughs> fair um <laughs> Oh, another injustice, though. Can we get Ollie in season two? Bring back Ollie. Yeah, what's up with that? I mean, I understand from, like, a production standpoint that having a, like, young child on set fucks shit up in terms of, like, labor laws. But we need Ollie Spring. I just, I want him back. It Logistically, they won't be able to put him in. But that is the biggest 
injustice in the entire series. Of all of the things that they changed, which they don't change much, that is the most egregious, which is which is a strong word, but <laughs> it has to be like just like labor law. It has to be right? just the logistics of working with very young children, but. That is why we have fan fiction. True. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, Tori is great. And I, I do, I also really love how invested she is in Charlie's life. Even as she's projecting this very, like, nonchalant, I don't care persona. Mm-hmm. Which she will never give up. No. <laughs> no. So then we cut to PE class. Mm-hmm. Charlie and is Charlie, asking. he is a book in it. <laughs> Um, I love hearing Joe talk about filming these scenes. Yeah. Um, he was like, I had to ask them like a couple of times to slow down because I was like going to throw up trying to be faster than everyone else. So <laughs> he was like, it was very embarrassing having to be like, I just need you to slow down. <laughs> they do a good job of yeah. making him look like a speedy boy. Super fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, Coach Singh says that they've been doing this all term, at which point I can't help but wonder how long it's been. Because this this episode really does clip through a, a decent amount yeah. of time. Um, mm-hmm. But no one has beaten Charlie's time yet. And like we can tell, obviously, because there's a huge gap between Charlie and the next pack of like runners. Yeah, he's he's very far ahead of all of them. Mm-hmm. Also, this is, I think, the only time we see Nick playing a sport that's not rugby. But they're playing soccer. I don't think I realized that. Yeah, I I had to do a double take because I wrote rugby and I was like, wait a minute. And then I was like, nope, they're they're kicking a soccer ball. That's a goal. They're playing soccer. Huh. Um, but then, you know, he's like on a different part of the yard because he's, you know, with the year 11s. But he mm-hmm. sees Charlie running and number one falls in love. And number two yeah, that was has my an idea. <laughs> number one, he falls in love and then he has an idea. <laughs> Yeah. And I also, can I talk about how I feel like this scene has more weight in the comics than they give it in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, They really water it down, I think. Yeah. Uh, We don't like focus on Nick too much realizing, but you can see like his brain is a turn in. Like he's like, okay, well, there's this very cute, very fast boy. How can I interact with him more? Oh, I know. We need someone on the rugby team. Yes. Okay. All like very quickly flashing through mm-hmm. <laughs> across his face. Yeah. I know. And I, I'm almost like I want like an Alice art style like light bulb to go off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In the corner because like you can see the moment where he's like, wait, I can I can get an extra hour with Charlie every day. Yep. Ding. <laughs> Um, so then we go to Charlie's locker and it's a very small locker. Yeah. What's up with that? I was like, I would drop everything out of this tiny ass locker too. Like for a very nice school, they're not giving their students a lot of storage space. And I'm like, how I'm like literally looking at it logistically. And I'm like, how is he fitting his books and his jacket and his book bag all in there? Very carefully and strategically. (laughs) Also, they don't have locks. They like have like keys. Yeah, that's interesting. I've seen that in other shows. I don't know. Add it to like, the list. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that's a British thing or if it's because I'm like trying to think back. I know I've seen it in shows, but were they all British shows? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I definitely have never seen that before. Not that I've noticed anyway. But yeah, all of Charlie's stuff falls out of the locker. 
and Nick comes over and helps him because what is a high school rom-com without the scene of <laughs> the very cool love interest helping the awkward protagonist pick up their books after they've all fallen on the floor? <laughs> Which it's also important to note that the reason that he dropped everything is because Nick walked up and said yes. hi. And he was like, oh my god, my crush is here. What's happening? Yes. Which is also <laughs> always how it happens. Like, it's a trope. And I love that they included it. Because yes. normally it's like the really awkward mousy girl. But uh-huh. it's Charlie. <laughs> and we learn at this point that Charlie plays the drums. Because in addition to his books falling on the floor, his drumsticks fall on the floor. Yeah. And Nick thinks that that's so cool. The coolest thing ever. Yes. And that's my favorite out of all of the web comics. My favorite Nick panel is him saying, you play the drums? And his face being like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that is the face of someone who is talking to his platonic friend. Uh, besties. <laughs> uh, what's the what's the male equivalent of gal pals? Best bros? Best bros. Know. Yeah, no, there isn't one. We need one. But... You know, so they're, you know, flirty. Also, it is pretty cool that Charlie plays the drums. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Right. And Nick has a question. He has something he needs to ask. And we get Charlie's little daydream sequence where the background goes all pink and we get the heart stopper leaves. And he says, Charlie, I wanted to tell you that I'm gay too. And I'm in love with you. Do you want to go out with me? I want to be with you forever. Hard cut to reality. So yeah. <laughs> I love the animation it's too. Great. Like having him like glowing, like very nice. Yes. Um, and then he then Nick actually asks him to join the rugby team. And personally, if I were daydreaming about my high school crush confessing their <laughs> undying love for me and then asked me to do a sport, that's my <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> Like, hi, I'm in love with you, but actually, I need you to join this full contact sport. Yeah. I'm nothing. I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) But Charlie, he is a natural flirt. Yes, he's like, I don't think he even realizes how flirty he's coming off. And he's like, aren't I a bit small and weak for rugby? And Nick's like, oh no, like, it's only a school team. team. It's not that serious. And then Charlie pops back with, so you're saying I am small. (laughs) And Nick gets so flustered thinking he's accidentally insulted him. It's great. It's it's great. Charlie is way too good of a flirt for the like awkward nerdy teen that we're supposed to be, that he's supposed to be. Yeah, for sure. Tao doesn't like that Charlie wants to join the rugby team. Um, which I sort of get because rugby is scary and dangerous and not for nothing, Charlie is very small and weak. Yes. And also he's not wrong in that that's exactly the type of person who was bullying Charlie just last yeah. year. Yeah. So it's a very rocky road that Charlie is deciding to take. Mm-hmm. And like also this is kind of where we start to see Tao's deep-seated insecurity of things changing really Mm -hmm. start to take root because L is gone and we kind of see with his like inability to buy one juice, right? That he's not doing, (laughs) dealing with the change very well, even though for L it's a good thing and he acknowledges Mm -hmm. that. And then here he doesn't like it and he gets very like defensive about it, but it's like, he just doesn't want things to change. And we see that more 
um, when we have the like rugby montage in a little bit. But like this is where we're like really starting to see this kind of taking shape with Tao of just like this fear of losing everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's extremely resistant to the change. Yeah. And Isaac is just, he's just there hoping for a love story to bloom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Isaac ships it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, please. Yeah. Finally. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love when he's like, it's not a crush. I don't just fall for every guy who's nice to me. And Tao and Isaac just look at each other and smirk like, yes, you fucking do, Charlie. Yes, fucking do. <laughs> We've all been there. Yes. So then Charlie goes to the locker room and before he like actually walks in, we overhear the other players talking about him and they're like, they're worried that he's too young, too skinny. They wonder if he even knows how to play rugby. Uh, We hear the first and only time I've ever heard the term Deese as a slang term for decent and I hate it. Um, (laughs) I don't know if that's just like a UK thing or what, but. They're like, we actually want to be Dece. And I'm like, no, don't no, say don't that. that. <laughs> um, and then we hear Harry. Yep. Say, everyone knows he's gay. And that's when Charlie, That's this is also showing us that like, yes, Charlie is fight or flight, leans flight. Yeah. But he's also going to stand up for himself when it comes down to it. Yeah. So the second that they bring up that he's gay, he walks in yeah. the door. Mm-hmm. And the and room Nick, goes quiet. But first the room go- yeah. it goes dead silent because they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then Nick. And Nick hops up because he's nervous and he knows what they were just saying. Like the exciting also- golden retriever puppy that he is. Yeah. And he says, hi. <laughs> and then Charlie says, hi. Um, and Harry is sitting next to him. And if you watch Harry's face, when Nick jumps up and says hi, is pure like, oh, I'm going to use this. I'm yeah. going to, this is going to be, it's like before we even know this character, he's like being mean and mischievous. Like, not great. Not great. <laughs> Harry. Harry, not great green. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, um, so then they're at rugby practice and Charlie is now terrified. Yeah, he's seeing, so nervous. He's seeing it in action and he's just terrified. And his can-do attitude left long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Oh, she left, she left long, long ago. ago. I love that his can-do attitude is, is female. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also gone. Um, Nick tries to be very encouraging. Um. And then we get this like rugby training montage to mm-hmm. Dover Beach by yeah. Baby Queen. Cue Baby Queen. And my also, note my note here says, no. I have no idea what is happening. I understand nothing about rugby. Someone please <laughs> help. Nick looks great though. And then in parentheses, these are both mine and Charlie's thoughts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I kind of wrote down in this sequence, we do get to see them kind of, we, cause it's clearly over, mm-hmm. I would say several weeks, yes. maybe. Um, so we get to see their relationship develop because in the beginning of the montage, there's a scene where Nick has the ball, Charlie's open. And he says, Nick, Nick. And Nick does not pass it to Charlie. Yeah. And then we see them. What is this one, two, three squeeze bullshit? I'm very know. confused. I we literally 
know nothing about rugby. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of is this like a team building warm up? Like, I don't understand what this is. <laughs> I assumed that it was part of the game, but I have no idea what's happening. Like, I, I wasn't know. joking when I said I know nothing. <laughs> like, they're like most sports I can normally follow along with. I struggle with football, but that's okay because my husband played football in high school. So if I'm ever in a situation where I need to understand football, I just say, what just happened? And he tells me. Right. Um, but which is funny because one of our first like unofficial dates, we went to a college football game at our <laughs> division three school. Cause one of our friends was was a cheerleader and she had asked us to go because it was the first game. Um, but I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I just am here to watch our friend do flips. Um, but I literally can't tell anything of what's happening. I'm like, they're running. So sometimes they get lifted like they're cheerleaders and they catch the ball. They, they one, two, three squeeze. People get hurt. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. Georgie, (laughs) yeah, Georgie, we need you. We need your expertise. (laughs) But so we do see through these things that we don't understand. We see Charlie is like on the outskirts of things. He's not really being included. And then we see them in the locker room. Nick's giving him tips. Mm -hmm. And then slowly we start to see him being incorporated more. We see them passing and Nick does pass the ball to Charlie. Um, There's a scene where they're all in the locker room and they're like patting Charlie on Mm -hmm. the back, like telling him good job. Um, and then we are slowly seeing uh, Charlie being able to keep up with Nick in their one-on-ones yeah. as we go through this. Something else that we see early on is there's this shot of Coach Singh looking very worried, but it's very clear that she's not worried about Charlie's rugby abilities. She's worried about the other players giving Charlie a hard time because mm-hmm. we see Harry being an asshole in the background, and she like looks back at him and looks at Charlie. And so, like, we also kind of get that characterization of Coach yeah. Singh, which kind of is small, but we get a lot more of throughout the season. Um, yeah, for sure. And, like, over over the whole time we do, we see Charlie improving um, and, like, starting to fit in more with the team. And then we also see Ellen Tao looking for each other and they can't find each other. To which I'm like, you have cell phones. We have seen you talk to each other. Why do you not message each other and say, I'm outside the gates. Do you want to say hello before you go to your school and I go to mine? Like, yeah. why are you just standing there and pining? Come on, teens. <laughs> Come on, teens. We can do better. <laughs> um, and we also interspersed with this, see an angry Ben walking down the hallway texting. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but before and then it ends, <laughs> yeah, it ends with Charlie finally besting Nick in their little one-on-one game, and Nick falls in love. He is like, "Oh my god, he's, you he's, just took me down." Yes, and um, we get the leaves again, and yeah, Nick is. I wrote Nick has definitely caught feelings and is very confused. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and Charlie's little giggle that he does. Ah, I love them. My sweet little boys. Yeah, my little babies. Uh, But then the music changes. Netflix captions this as uneasy music, (laughs) which is accurate. And also, um, it's such a stark contrast to Dover Beach. Like, we have that, and then it just switches to this, like, really ominous, like, dark music that we haven't heard 
at all in the episode. Everything has been like really light and bubbly. And this is, yeah, it's uneasy. It's really dark. It's really heavy. And we see Ben texting. And it feels anxious. Yes. The music feels anxious. Yes. And, and we see Ben texting and we see Charlie gets this text saying to meet him in the music block and that Ben just wants to talk. And Charlie goes and Nick sees it. Mm-hmm. He looks concerned. And he looks so worried. Which is very interesting because Nick doesn't see Charlie's face. Yeah. Like, I can only imagine that in the in the several weeks yes. that were happening, they probably walked out together mm-hmm. after, you know, they probably hung out until they absolutely had to leave each other. Yeah. And I feel like this was very much like he went and changed, saw his phone and left and didn't say anything to Nick. And so that's where the concern's coming from. Yes, definitely. Um, so then we go to Charlie in the music block. And uh, it's uh, it's so unsettling. And I, I, you and I had different experiences because I'd read the comics first. And so I knew what was about to happen. And I just like, yeah. I was absolutely dreading it. But the show also does a very good job of telegraphing that something bad is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and there's also like, even in this scene, there's like le- build up to it, right? Yes. Like, like you said, he's leaning when, <laughs> when we walk in and he's a complete asshole yeah. from the it's, second he opens his mouth. I do have mouth. to say though, it's not a cool guy lean anymore. It no, is. No, this is like a creep. Yes. Like a creep Especially lean. like the way that, like the way that this area of the school is and where he's physically positioned himself, he's like out of sight in a corner where he can see that Charlie is coming, but Charlie can't see him. Yes. Predatory. Predatory. That. There's no other word for it. hmm And then he makes fun of Charlie for wearing a coat in, in February, February in England. Yeah. And I just said, like, fuck off, Ben. You're not cool. Also, don't be ableist because he <laughs> – yeah, yes, absolutely. He uses an ableist word. And also, like, has he ever been nice to Charlie once? Because we haven't seen it. He said, I miss your face that one time. But not... But I don't think... Genuinely. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so Ben tries to kiss Charlie, because we often see that this is kind of the pattern with them. They bre- they briefly greet each other. Ben is an asshole. Ben kisses Charlie. But this time, yeah. Charlie, like, goes to move Ben's arm away and it's like don't touch me mm-hmm. and he says I'm trying to be nice are you because uh, you have given us no reason to think that you're trying to be nice no indication that you're trying to be nice every indication that you're trying to intimidate Charlie into taking you back um mm-hmm. and Charlie kind of like sets his boundaries and Ben says I don't believe you you're clearly just scared of getting caught Again, with that specific phrasing of getting caught, which Charlie calls him out on because yes. the whole school knows that Charlie's gay. Charlie already had the horrible outing. He's past that. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows he's not scared. It happened. It's over with. It's done. He is not scared of that. And he's rightfully very angry. Mm-hmm. Tells Ben he knows about his girlfriend. And like, really does a good job of standing his ground and confronting Ben on all of the bullshit. And I think the writers did a good job with this scene, having him be both like very mature and like getting his point across, but also they, like he puts some, he gets some digs in there like a teenager would. Like 
I saw you uh, at the gate with your girlfriend. Thanks for telling me. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. You <laughs> didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, so they did a good job of, like, balancing all I of think, that. I think it's great that Alice wrote this episode because they have such yeah. a, like, in, a strong understanding of Charlie as a character and are able to do that in a way that I don't think anyone else would be able to. Yeah, for sure. And then Ben pushes Charlie up against the wall. Yep. And Charlie protests and Ben out- overpowers him. Mm-hmm. And it is very uncomfortable. It's awful. And super hard to watch. It's super hard to watch. And then someone pulls Ben off of Charlie and mm-hmm. it's Nick. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Um, and he tells Ben to piss off. <laughs> um, and he does a good job too of being like, he said no. Yeah. Um, Get the fuck leave. out of here. Yeah. And Charlie freezes. Of course. Who can tell that he has not processed a single fucking thing. Yeah. He is just fully going through the motions at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, ben leaves and Charlie you know, no, Nick asks Charlie if he's okay, which clearly Charlie's not okay. Right. But I also think that Nick being like 15 years old doesn't know what else to do in that moment. Yeah. Right. Um, And he does a good job also of keeping space. Like he's very aware of the space yes. between him and Charlie. He's, you know, s- keeping a physical distance, checking in with him. Um, and you can tell that, like, you know, later on towards the end of this scene when he, like, pats him, he, like, very much wants to hug him. But he knows, yeah. like, I can't get in this person's space because of what they just went mm-hmm. through. And that is also another, like, very chef's kiss Nick yes. Nelson trait. Mm-hmm. He's so intuitive and aware of, like, the situations in which he finds himself. Yeah, he's doing such a good job of reading the situation. Because, like, Charlie apologizes and Nick is, like, you shouldn't apologize. You have nothing to be sorry about, which is correct. And Charlie apologizes again. And like Nick kind of like tries to inject the humor and like in like these small doses just to see like, okay, how, how do we handle this? Like he, so he's like, Mm -hmm. you say sorry a lot. And then, you know, they kind of have this back and forth. That's very much in keeping with, the relationship that we've seen with them, but it's also just like mm-hmm. so gentle. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. And then they leave the school building. And the way in. the way that Charlie like smiles, his like side smile yeah. when Nick pats him, I'm like, way to be subtle, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um they leave and I just want to hold them both and tell them that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, both separately and together, I want to just hold them. Yeah. And again, Joe Locke does an amazing job of face acting. And he, like, you can see this, like, falling for Nick and this, you know, processing the trauma of what just happened, Mm -hmm. like, fighting each other on his face. And it's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's so good. Yeah. And we get the classic, I feel like it's not a rom com if we don't have. Oh, I'm this way. Oh, I'm this way. And then they have to split yeah. and go their oh, separate yeah. way. Uh-huh. And of course, we see Charlie like look back longingly after Nick. Yeah. Um, and then we get Nick in the car with Olivia Coleman. Yes, with Sarah his Nelson. Mother, <laughs> Oscar winner Olivia Coleman. 
<laughs> and he's not even hearing anything she's saying. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's he's so on another planet in this moment. Yeah. Like he she she could have told him that she just won an Oscar and he <laughs> Yeah, he nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm like, excuse me, Nick, you are sitting in the car with the fucking queen. Show <laughs> <Just> some respect. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, he's so distracted. And then it cuts to Charlie at the bus. He's like trying to text Nick. And he just goes like, because he yeah. doesn't know what to say. And like, how the fuck? Like, what do you say at that moment? Like, yeah. He's like, drafts are, thank you for being. And then he erases <laughs> it. And then he says, I really. And then he erases <laughs> it. <laughs> and then he just shouts in frustration. Yeah. And back in the car, Sarah asks Nick about practice again. And he says it was normal, um, even though it wasn't. At all, I, because he fell in love with Charlie and then yeah. got to sexual assault. Yeah, not so a there, normal practice at all, Nicholas. There are a couple of times when she asks him, like, "How how was this thing?" or "How was your day?" and he says, "Normal." And every time I'm like, "Normal, <laughs> nothing gay happened at all. Everything was normal." <laughs> exactly. Um, and he's obviously still just thinking about everything that just happened, and we get. A text from Charlie that says thank you with a little X. Yeah. <laughs> and we see Nelly. It's his lock screen. Yes. And then there's like the little he seagulls. Swoons. He swoons. And then the episode ends. Yeah. Okay, so I have an idea slash question. Okay. And if we hate it, we can cut this. Fair. But um on a scale of one to five, mm-hmm. how hard did your heart stop in this episode? Because like for me, I'd say I had some flutters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things were getting pumping. I'd say I was like a two out of five on the uh, complete dead stop. Mm -hmm. Um, But thinking about like the upcoming episodes, it's definitely going to be a roller coaster for me on that scale. Yes. Yeah. This episode on the heart stopping scale, like I think a two out of five is accurate on the heart breaking scale, 10 out of five. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There, there were definite scenes where my heart stopped, but it was not for a not, good reason. Yeah, not in the way that we want. Yeah. Right. I do like that, though. <laughs> I was cool. actually so thinking something similar. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like a two out of five, I think, is an accurate assessment. Yep. So this one was a two out of five on yeah. the heart stopping scale. scale. Yeah. So that was episode one. Yes. What a great intro yeah. to the series. It really is. They did such a good job of jam-packing this episode with so much backstory. Mm-hmm. And you don't even really realize, like, how much backstory you're getting because everything is so compelling and, like, just so well. Mm-hmm. The cinematography, yes. like, everything just, like, ugh. 10 out of 10 use of montages. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My montage notes got a little intense. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, they they did a really, really good job of introducing us to the characters that we meet in this episode. Obviously, we have a few more that I'm very excited to meet mm-hmm. in the near future. Um, but they do a great job of introducing Nick, Charlie, Tao, Isaac, Sarah, even um, mm-hmm. everyone that we Elle. meet. L, Tori, Ben, Harry. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even get well, Harry's, we don't, we don't get yeah, Harry's we don't name Harry's in this name. episode, but I already hate him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just exudes like asshole energy. Yeah. <laughs> Which like good on that actor because I believe it. Yeah. 
Also, like, Sebastian Croft is, like, the sweetest little fluffy little human, and he kills the role. He does. He does. He is so good at making me want to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. But then whenever I watch interviews of him, I just want to give him a big hug. Yeah. Also, the fact that he's dubbed himself the president of the Ben Hope Hate Club is – Yes. Yeah. Is great because it's just, like, he understands. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, we're on the same page here. Ben is not a good person. No. So that's everything that we have for this episode. So, of course, this is a bi-weekly podcast by Two Bisexuals. So we will be back in about two weeks to talk about episode two, Crush. And if you want to follow us online, we are at Why Are We Cast on all platforms. Until next time. <laughs>